0: Welcome to the Grace Fellowship Podcast. Uh, we're glad that you're listening in. Um, I'm Tyler Winfrey, and I'm an intern here at Grace. And we've got s- just some questions listed that Corey and Adam are going to answer for us. Um, so, yeah. Yes?
1: Wait, who are Corey and Adam? <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard of them. Uh, Adam, is a,
2: Adam is a cool, like the coolest dude I know that you can find playing at some really good restaurants on the weekends. And uh, a guy who loves his neighborhood and his family and uh, serves his church well. That's what I know about Adam. Wow. All right, (laughs) Corey. Well,
1: I'd like to follow that up. Uh, (laughs) Corey's just some guy uh, that Uh, that happens to be here. uh, uh, Corey's been on staff here at Grace Fellowship uh, ever since the beginning of the year. And he brought COVID with him, and, uh, mm-hmm. and we've never been the same. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> like, no, Corey's been here it since uh, since January, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a great time to start a new church, right? And try to get to know people. And it's been a time. Uh, but we've been really blessed to have Corey on staff with us uh, since January, and just had a new baby, right? Yeah, yeah, two month old. That's the third for
2: us, and uh, we uh, we don't sleep much and <laughs> are a little crazy, so. Um, yeah, that's who that's who we are, and uh, and I think we we saw some posts uh, is what kind of provoked this whole uh, idea for podcast. We we saw some posts on social media about worship, and uh, and I know that uh, in coming to Grace Fellowship, uh, I saw worship, uh, understood worship a little differently. Uh, maybe than Adam did, and he has helped in shaping my understanding of biblical worship. I think one of the first things we went through in Home Bible Fellowship when I came on staff here, uh, we didn't get very far into it, did we? I God. think
1: we did. We had planned to do eight weeks uh, in looking at worship and, you know, what, what the Bible said about worship, and I think we got maybe two weeks into that before we had to shut everything down for yeah. COVID, so hopefully we can pick that back up because... I felt like we wrote some pretty good Bible studies for that, or <laughs> so yeah. we never got to use them. So I hope we can pick that back up uh, when we're able soon.
0: Yeah, for, for sure, for sure. And um, those studies were awesome. And I kind of like want to get into the conversation of like what the studies we're going into, of what worship is, and kind of like what the two different kind of types of worship we see is like personal worship and corporate worship. Um, like just diving in, like what. So what is the big picture of worship? Um, like, what's the big idea behind it? What is it and why do we do it? Is it a command or a privilege or something else entirely?
1: All right, so <clears throat> uh, I like to use this quote by uh, Bob Coughlin, um, who wrote one of the best books on worship that, uh, that I've ever read. It's called Worship Matters. And uh, Bob Coughlin is uh, director of Sovereign Grace uh, Music in Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, he says this in his book, Worship Matters. He says, uh, worship is our humble, constant, appropriate, glad response to God's self-revelation and his enabling invitation. That's mm. um, so loaded. That's loaded, man. There's a <laughs> lot in there. Let's see, humble, constant. Mm. I mean, all the time, constant. Appropriate. Okay, so that's a, that's a big word. Appropriate for the, you know, the time, the place, the people, mm-hmm. the gathering. Glad, uh, joyful. Um, You know, worship's not, you know, joyful. Even in sorrow, you know, we can find joy. Right? Um, Glad response to God's self-revelation. So God is constantly revealing Himself to us through His Word, um, through nature, through all the things that you know. uh, Romans one says that you know He, the way he, He reveals Himself to us. Um, so he's constantly revealing himself to us and and it's our response and our response should be all those things Mm -hmm. humble constant appropriate glad and he's inviting us he's inviting us to be in relationship with him and to interact with him and uh, not just to know him from afar but to know him truly uh, intimately closely
2: Mm. yeah like so i love that uh and i think we could probably spend the entire podcast just unpacking Coughlin's definition but then we would probably just end up talking about his book and uh, (laughs) I guess people could read it if they if they want to do that um but that's such a good definition one of the uh one of the things that I think sparked this podcast was like I said seeing on Facebook people talk about the songs we sing in as as worship to God in the church and uh and so just uh you know, there was kind of talk about do we sing uh, these songs that these people write or these people write, and I think you know I don't mind saying the names, but like Bethel or Hillsong or, or some of these different people, or you know, we just stick to uh, traditional hymns um, and that kind of thing. And so, um, I know when I came on staff here, uh, I was I was probably more more broad in uh, the songs that I, I thought would be good in. Uh, Corporate worship, and I know you've helped shape my understanding of that, and uh, and so maybe maybe Adam just share this a little, like what what your thoughts are when it comes to uh, corporate singing as worship to God. uh, Those type songs, those those things that we um, songs that we use in corporate worship. Why why do those matter, and what would you say? Like, how do
1: you go about picking songs? Yeah, yeah. All right, so if you know me, um, you know one of my, like, probably my favorite thing in the world is to hear the the church sing together, and uh, I mean, there's just nothing that brings me greater joy than standing with a congregation and extolling the wonders and, uh, you know, the character of God uh, together in song, you know, specifically. I'm, I'm a musical guy, so I like, I like music, and that's a you know, it's definitely a biblical way to express our worship to God. I mean, in the Psalms, in the Psalms alone, there's over fifty direct commands to sing. Hmm. Like, I mean, direct commands. So, I mean, I think Tyler, you said earlier, you know, is it a, is it a, how'd you word that? Was is it, it, it? Is it a command? Is it privilege? <laughs> or something else is entirely? it a command or privilege or something else entirely? Well, it's both. It's a, it's a privilege, obviously. But it's also a command. I mean, we sing because uh, in the Psalms, I mean, over 50 times directly, it commands us to sing, you know. So, um, you know, and there's no <laughs> there's no um, getting out of it for for you if you feel like you don't have a good voice, right? You know, <laughs> like you're like, well, I'm not a really good singer, so uh, I, I don't need to sing or I could do something else. There's really no getting out of it. And, you know, some of the most joyful, you know, people who... I've known in my life who love to sing and love to sing to the Lord uh, in a congregation. Um, you know, they might tell you, man, they don't have the greatest voice, you know, <laughs> but, but it's, just a, it's just a joy to, to hear them express themselves uh, that way to the Lord together with the body. So, um, you know, when we talk about songs and songs we use um, for worship and uh, how we come to the congregational time of worship, when we come together with your church or whatever, uh, there's so many songs out there, I, you know, if you go on um, CCLI.com, which is uh, the Christian Copyright Licensing uh, International, uh, this is where you get legal uh, permission to use these songs in your in your worship service on Sunday, you, you pay a yearly fee, and um, but there's just thousands and thousands and mm-hmm. thousands of songs, and more songs are being written every day, and Um, at one time in my life and in my ministry like I felt like you know I probably did way too many new songs all the time you know I was constantly going oh this is a great song let's teach this to our church you know and even now I'll hear a song and I'll go man that's a great song Um, where 10 years ago I might have taught that to my church the next week because I thought that's a great new song Uh, now I'll sit on it a lot longer Mm -hmm. you know just to you know think about it more and and as well not to overwhelm the congregation i think at one time in in ministry like i, I felt like i taught too many songs and then a congregation can't really grasp on to uh, that many songs at one time uh, I, I try to think about like in a year if we're going to sing a certain number of songs in a year and we're going to teach a certain number of new songs to our congregation in a year like how many can they really really grasp on to and so there's no magic number for that really probably every congregation is different but uh, I kind of feel like for here in Grace Fellowship and for our people you know if we can do um, it, you know 80 songs a year uh, you yeah, know that's that's a lot it's just uh, a lot that's, that's yeah. a big catalog of songs for a congregation to grab onto. Uh, and in that we might teach maybe five or six new songs hmm. maybe in the course of a year which were like 10 years ago I might have taught 20 new songs <laughs> in yeah. a year, you know? Uh, you know, with age comes wisdom, I guess. Um, so uh, there's so many songs out there, and, and all of them are good, but if we're going to sing 80 songs, um, I said, well, I say all of them are good. Not all of them are good. There's some, there's some, there's some really bad There's some really bad songs out there. You know, they think if I just mention God or Jesus, you know, that it's a good song. That's, but right. that's not the case. But if we're going to sing 80 songs in a year, like, you want them to be the best song. And a lot of right? good ones
2: are not going to get sung.
1: Yeah, yeah, a lot of really good ones. It yeah. doesn't mean there's anything wrong with them or whatever. Uh, so I might hear some songs and go, like, man, I really want to teach that to my congregation. But then, well, is it better than this song that we mm-hmm. could sing? You know? Because we're going to put words on our congregation's lips. And that's what we're doing as pastors, as worship leaders, um, anybody who stands mm-hmm. on a stage and leads the congregation on a Sunday morning in an element of worship, whatever that is, we are putting words on the lips of people to say to God, and what a huge like responsibility that is, right? right? Yeah. And uh, if we're going to put, if we're going to be putting words on people's lips to say to God, we want to make sure they're the best ones, right? And, mm-hmm. I, you know, somebody else might think this is better than that for their congregation, but like for our congregation, Grace Fellowship, this time, this place, this this particular year. Uh, we feel like, as pastors, this this is what we want to say in worship, or you know, this is the hymn we want to use, or this is the song uh, we want to want to use. So there are lots of good songs out there that don't mm-hmm. don't get used. Um.
2: That's that's so that's so good. One thing you said uh, that I picked up on is. Uh, you used to find a new song and think, that's awesome, teach it to the congregation the next week. Now, in your uh, as you become,
1: I guess, maybe wiser, um, <laughs> older, older age, older? <laughs> no, look, trying I, to be kind I, here. No, I'm, older. I'm 38, <laughs> I am 38 years old, and I, I, mean, I embrace it, I embrace it, I embrace it. Hey. getting older, getting older. So yeah. uh,
2: you said you marinate <clears throat> on it for a little longer and see if you still like it. I know for me personally, uh, I am like a new music uh, junkie. Like yeah. I mean, the the most played uh, playlist on my Spotify is Discover Now. Yeah. Uh, it's that one that's constantly rolling me new songs. See if I like them, and when I like one, I put it in my light and I listen to it. Sometimes when I work out and repeat. And what I've noticed is there are songs that I like at first, I'm thinking, man, this is an awesome song. We're not even talking about just Christian songs, just songs in general. Yes. Bob Dylan. Don't, <laughs> don't even get us started. Oh, no, Corey's 31 <laughs>
1: years old, and this morning just figured out who Bob Dylan was. <laughs> uh, and I've lost all credibility now, for the rest of this no. Um,
2: But no, I, I, I find stuff, and I stick it in there. But then as I listen to it over and over, I, I sometimes get with songs like, you know what, like... I actually don't like what that song is sowing yeah. uh, into my heart uh-huh. and so I take it out of there and uh, and I do that quite often but it makes sense like when you marinate on something for for longer you kind of see where it's taking you and so uh, that's right man There 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 are all kinds of connections with that but just personally when we're talking about like worship music I know when I came on staff um, I, I, we, we had a talk, uh, just a random discussion, I think, between you and myself and Ryan Limbaugh. Ryan Limbaugh and, and Carlson Carlton Weathers. Weathers. Yeah. <laughs> It uh-huh. was so good, yeah. uh, but it was kind of out of left field, and, uh, and it was just like, I think Ryan Limbaugh and I both like listen to uh, a lot of Hillsong and Bethel and these type things while we work out. We just love uh, what, what they're saying, yeah. the, the truth they're speaking, which is, which is good. Um, mm-hmm. But then, uh, what is that kind of cultivating over time, and mm-hmm. so um, there are things that I'll listen to personally uh, that that we may not be so helpful to sing corporately. Um, and I, I think a, a big one on that, uh, just just I know this is kind of transitioning us um, to something that we wanted to talk about. What well, was just for like the you know? There's this whole dynamic of me-centered songs. Versus God-centered songs, right? Right. And uh, and the me-centered songs, I think that's what people would say. But but what really we're getting at with the me-centered songs is, I'm talking about my response to mm-hmm. what God has done, right? Yeah. Which is good. Like Not we bad. should respond Not to bad. what God has done. Um, but but if I just take that over. If I carry that concept over in the way that I want to preach and I want to teach to people, I want to expose more to them and heavily to them of what God has done on their behalf, more than I want to
1: hammer on their response and what they, how they need to respond. Right? <clears throat> so, Absolutely, hundred percent, hundred percent. And like, so of all the thousands of songs there are out there, um, you find a lot and. I I feel like it's getting better uh with people who are writing good music for the church you know there's there's people out there that don't necessarily they write good songs like christian songs or whatever but it's not that they're necessarily writing it for the church to be sung and then there's like people out there that their specific purpose is they're like i write songs for the church to sing Mm. you know like they're hymnists i mean this is really what they are um people hymn writers i mean whether it's a what you would consider a hymn or not? I mean, they're hymn writers—they're like, I write specifically so that people can sing these songs in their church. Um, and there's there's just a lot of songs out there that really do focus on just just your response, just your personal feelings. I, I would say, like, and feel, like, look, we're emotional people. We're emotional creatures. God made us with emotions, no doubt. And and I think a lot of times, especially in our corner of. Uh, Christianity or our corner of uh, our little tribe <laughs> our reformed tribe yeah. we leave the emotions out a lot of times yeah. don't we yeah I mean I, I think we do and God made us emotional mm. creatures and we should express those emotions and uh, so I think you just have to be careful when you choose songs like if I'm choosing 80 songs a year for for our uh, church to sing I mean I do want some of those songs in there to really focus on like our response mm. to God I, yeah. you know um, but i probably want the overwhelming majority of them to be like this is who god is this is why he's worthy of worship you know not some there was this kind of movement at the beginning of the 2000s that was like let's sing songs to god instead of about god Mm -hmm. there was kind of this worship movement and looking back on it i was like well i mean i i see what you're saying but Man, singing songs about God is pretty awesome too. <laughs> I mean, like, um, we can sing God's songs to God, uh, but then what we get into, and you notice it in a lot of worship music that's sung, is what I call—and I didn't coin this phrase, but somebody else did—but uh, like God, your girlfriend songs. You know, yeah, like yeah. if you could, like if you could take God out of that song and replace it with a girl, or, or a, you know, for a girl, a boy, and sing it like <laughs> a love, sing it like a love song. Yeah. You know. Um, and it sound exactly the same. Then it's probably not a good song to sing, Sure. like in, corp- in corporate worship. You might sing it in your prayer closet. You might sing it in your car going down the road, sure. but just typically, it's, it's not a good song to sing in corporate worship. And another thing, this is this is something that uh, because we're all guys here, sitting, like <clears throat> men are uncomfortable singing songs in corporate worship that. Uh, are too lovey-dovey, I, mm-hmm. I think. And not not to say that they should, shouldn't be. I mean, sometimes maybe men just need to get over it, right? But um, I think a lot of times, a lot of our worship music that tends to get sung has a lot of language in it that men just kind of go, I'm just kind of icky, like, relating to God that, that way. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Uh, so I think we have to keep that in mind, too. Um, there's lots of examples I could give of that, but I'll I'll leave them out. You probably know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but but uh, uh, so it's just really important when we're putting. Once again, we're we're putting words on people's lips, and yeah. we want to make sure we put the, the, the best ones and the and and honestly, like hymns are hymns are a great uh, place to go. I mean, because they've stood the test of time, right? That's
2: right. Yeah. So yeah, so the big idea there is, uh, and we we try to do this in even in discipleship put the focus on Christ, put the focus on uh, the gospel, put the focus on what God has done on our behalf so that our people are moved toward Him. And yes, we we need to respond to that. Uh, but our response, uh, it pales in comparison to the the finished work and what He has done on our behalf. And so we want to do that in our preaching, we want to do that in our discipleship, we want to do that in our singing. Absolutely. Um, so so all right, we, we, we want to make this short uh purposefully short. So I think we got I mean we wanted to wanted to try to stop in like a minute. So Adam, will you give us like a quick concise cause I think I mean I, I want to know this but I also um, and I already know a little bit of this but I think this would be helpful for people to hear. Um you you're our worship pastor. Uh your your one of your roles is that you plan out and construct the worship service from start to finish every week. And you do such a phenomenal job at that. I've I've said that over and over again like when I come I'm just moved from piece to piece to piece in our worship service. To exalt in what Christ has done, and to look upwards and uh, and unmoved. And so, what what are what are some of the things that you do in doing that? I know that you could you could talk for an hour on that probably, but <laughs> but just really quickly yeah. as we finish, like how do you what what are the most important things, and how do you go in constructing a worship? Yeah, presence? man, I could
1: talk for an hour on that because yeah. I because I mean I really enjoy it. I mean it's the great <laughs> one of the great joys of of my job is to be able to sit there and pour over and give like devote big time to mm-hmm. planning. Planning how we're going to respond to God as a congregation on Sunday morning, and I just I love it. So uh, you know, elements of a worship service, um, specifically here at Grace Fellowship, and this is this is an outline we take uh, from Scripture. Really, uh, I mean, it, it, I mean, go all the way back to Tabernacle worship, all the way up through mm-hmm. the Old Testament and the way the way Old Testament people related to God, and then in the New Testament you know the commands that Paul gives us for corporate worship and when you meet this is how you meet this is what you do uh, but Brian Chapel has done a great job laying all that all out in a book of his called um, Christ-centered worship mm. and as far as elements and things like that we had tried to try to include those elements which would be obviously singing we're going to sing together uh, we're going to preach the word that's, that's n- number one really you know we're going to preach the word and, and say this is the word of God and, that's worship, right? I mean, mm-hmm. people try to separate the two. I always say, like, we preach the word, we sing the word. It's all, it's all the same. Right. You know, it's not like I've heard people say, like, the worship sets the stage for the preaching. But no, it's not. I mean, it's all, it's all, it's all worship. It's all worship. It's all yeah. the same, right? Um, and uh, so we we might include an element of a, we say profession of faith or an affirmation of faith, where we might um, pr- profess together uh, a specific scripture or we profess together um, a creed or uh, you know, a part of a confession, whether it's the Westminster or London Baptist Confession or something like that, Heidelberg Catechism. We, we use a lot of those elements where we'll confess those things together. Uh, my, it might be a prayer, a prayer of confession, um, a corporate prayer confession where we confess together. Um, uh, you know, we use things like the Valley of Vision, um, Puritan prayer book a puritan confession book um and uh you know uh, like praying is a huge part of our uh, time together we we try to plan either a pastoral prayer or a deacon might lead a prayer or something and uh i think Corey, you said a couple weeks ago when you led the pastoral prayer you said you know we try not to rush through this uh it's not something it's uh, a prayer is not like a passing thing or a you know a transition to another part of the service and a lot of times i think i've seen it used that way i've probably been guilty of using it that way before uh, but a prayer especially a pastoral prayer you know on behalf of the congregation like this is how we want to pray this is what we want to ask god a pastor is is praying on behalf of the congregation whether we're praying for the sick or the you know people who are struggling and you know lifting people up to god we don't want to rush through that mm-hmm. and so uh a prayer singing um uh, and we want to spend good time prayer on prayer, you know. And uh, a confession of faith or profession of faith, uh, confession of sin. Um, you know, those are all elements of a worship service that we want to include here at Grace Fellowship. And, and we want those things to kind of connect. I mean, some you know, sometimes somebody might see a huge connection between those. They might go, oh, man, this morning, uh, well, uh, the morning that, I can't remember who it was, uh, I think uh, Aaron may have preached on the calling of Saul. Uh, mm mm-hmm. uh, and uh, our, our confession that morning was from the London Baptist Confession uh, and uh, on effectual calling. And so, I mean, there was a really big connection there. You know? Right. Sometimes you may not see a connection like that, but that's, that's kind of our goal. That's what
0: we want to do. That's good. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I just mm-hmm. want to thank y'all for taking time out of y'all's busy schedules and coming and talking about worship with me and the importance of it and even the differences between personal and congregational worship. Um, it's been super good, super awesome. I know I've been edified by it, and I pray that those of you who are listening have been as well. Um, and I can't wait for the next one, what we're going to talk through next. So, All right, thanks. Yeah.